I, I'm really excited to be able to share with you because I've been on a journey for the last two years that has finally come to fruition uh, that I'm, 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 I just, I'm, I'm so excited. I am, I, like, you, I, am, I am boiling over with excitement to tell you about this journey that I've been on uh, because finally two weeks ago, I was able to complete this journey that actually begins a whole new journey that I hope goes forever. I'm so excited because two weeks ago, I got this. Ah, that's right. A big old four burner, 36 inch Blackstone griddle with the hood. Guys, this is for real. That's at my house. That, I'm cooking a pizza dia right there. Like that's, that's what's up. All right. You guys are laughing, but I'm being serious. This was, this was a journey for me. About two years ago, I saw one of these things, and I was like, that's weird. Why has anybody got that? I don't even make no sense. And then I got to use one, and I was like, why do I not have one of these things? And so I wanted one. I wanted one so, so bad. But I've got four kids. And my wife homeschools those four kids and works super hard at that. And she's our children's director here, but... Between mine and hers, we're not rich people. I don't just have the five to $700 lying around that it costs to get a Blackstone griddle. Not a good one. I got a little one. I got a little 17 inch and we love it. We took it camping. It, it was great. It does what, but I got to cook like four times because I got four kids. Like it, it's, it's one of those things, but I'm excited. So I'm looking and I've been looking for two years, several times a week on all the places where people resell things. And you know what people realize is that a big slab of cast iron doesn't really go bad. And so that keeps being pretty close to retail whenever you try to buy one. And so you go look and you're like, okay, two, three, four, five, six hundred dollars for a used one. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it. Finally, two weeks ago, I'm at work. I got a minute. I go, all right, let me hit Craigslist. I pop up Craigslist. And when I go to Craigslist, this is how often I had searched for this. When I go to Craigslist, the first thing it does is it looks for Blackstone. Like, it just automatically goes, all right, here's what you're looking for. Don't even try to do nothing. Like, I, I don't know if it's saved that way, my, my URL or something, but whatever. It looks for it, and it popped up. $165. Boy, man. I start getting giddy. I emailed a guy immediately. Crickets. Nothing for, like, half an hour, 45 minutes. I'm like, ah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to text this dude. So I text him. I'm like, hey, you still got that Blackstone? He was like, I do. I was like, can I get it today? He's like, you can. I was like, all right, let me talk to my wife. All right. <laughs> because I'm a responsible person, and I know that I can't just make decisions like that for $165 willy-nilly. So I get Ashley on the phone. Uh, after I talk to some of my buddies at work, they're like, look, if she says no, let me know. I'll go buy it, and I'll have it. And I'm like, all right, that's, that's fair. It's a good deal. All right, so I get on the phone. We're talking. We figure out, like, this is, this is right. This is good. We've got the money. We've been setting it aside. We knew this was coming. We're ready to go. So I get straight, I go home, I switch out to the minivan because it's not going to fit in my car and I head over there as quick as I can after work. I'm excited. Now, Wilmington at five o'clock is not when you want to drive to Porter's Neck. That is, that is not what you want to do. Like, so it took me forever to get there and I'm driving. Finally, I get in to the address and it is on Porter's Neck Plantation. Like, I had to go through the gate. I had to get buzzed in. I had to convince the guy that I wasn't trying to rob the place. I don't know. Like, the security guard was more intense than any gate security guard I've ever seen. 
And we're go, going through, and I'm driving around, and I'm looking at these perfectly manicured lawns. And I'm looking at the, the golf course and the people walking and their dogs that have special haircuts. And all the stuff is happening. I mean, this, this place is swanky, okay? I don't know if you've been over there. It's, it's like, ooh, I felt out of place. I, I pull up in my, my minivan to the guy. He's uh, unloading his uh, fancy car from where he's been to the beach. I don't even know what's going on. It's a convertible. That's all I know. I'm just, okay. And I, I pull out and I, I step up and I was like, hey, you're the guy with the black stone? He's like, oh yeah, I'm rich. Dude, you can't make this stuff up. Like, you cannot make this stuff up. That's what he says to me. He says, I'm rich. And my first thought is, obviously. Uh, and my next thought was, that's a bold opener. And then, then finally it clicked, oh, that's his name. His name is Rich. Okay, I, that's, I, I got that. We're good. We're fine. And, and so I said, oh, I'm Patrick, and we have a conversation, and, and we're doing that. Um, so it's $165 for this Blackstone. Now, it's got an official Blackstone grill cover. It's like $45. It's got an add-on that's a little container drawer thing that you can fit all your bottles in. That's another like 30 bucks. It's got a magnetic side table. I didn't even know that was a thing until yesterday. I was cooking and I dropped something and it didn't fall to the ground. I was like, what happened? All right. This thing is awesome. I'm like, here you go, $165. Easy. And he, I pull out my, five, my, my uh, 820s that I'd gotten from the ATM and the five ones that I had dug out of a container at the house trying to make sure I had the 165 because you got to have cash when you go and do these things. And Rich looks at me and he says, let's make it 160. And I'm like, done, here you go, perfect. I don't know why Rich didn't want those dollar bills. Uh, for me, five bucks is five bucks, you know, I'm gonna take it. Uh, I, I was happy with it, it just made my story better. But he looked at those crumpled up $1 bills and he's like, yeah, I don't need that in my life. I don't, I don't want that. I, I, I don't know. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he looked at me and he saw my minivan and he saw the state it was in and the fact that I was loading a griddle into the back of it and all this. And he's like, you know what? I, you need the $5 more than I do. Or if Rich was like when I play Monopoly and I know that I'm going to win. And I'm like, you know what? We don't need the ones. We, I don't even want them. You can have all the ones. I will round up if I'm paying you, and you can round down if you're paying me, but I don't want the $1 bills because they're useless. I don't know what Rich was thinking, if he just didn't like it or he just really wanted 160 but didn't care. But I do know that he knew what he wanted, and it wasn't those measly $1 bills. Now, I, I don't want you to think I'm just shaming Rich and, and rich people uh, today because that's not what it's about. Um, it's not like that. You know, the more I've thought about that interaction and about the way that, that that happened, the way it came down, the more I realized that we do the same thing. We, we live in a life where we know what we want. We know what is important to us. We know what we're looking for. We know the things that we can say yes to and the things that we can say no to. And maybe we don't have big, giant, fancy homes that are surrounded by gates that have a live-in made. I, I don't know that. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, but we know what we want. And we have been taught by our society to not just know what we want, but to want it right now. When I was a kid, Domino's Pizza had a slogan, 30 minutes or it's free. Now our drive throughs are 30 seconds or less that they're, they're striving for. They've even got a clock out there so you can watch it and count it. Be like, oh no, uh-uh. 
Now, none of them follow that. That's what they, they tell us, but none of them do it. But, but it's there, and, and, and we, that's why 78% of people, according to the Nielsen ratings, daily watch a show that's been streamed. Daily. Uh, I, I am from the time frame, and I tried to explain this to uh, one of my children this week, that when I was a kid, you just had to wait for it to come on. Like, you, you watch shows on Saturday morning because that was the only day cartoons were on. Like, it was how it worked. You just like, whatever's on, it's there. It's good. I like it. I, I'll be happy with it. And now we're just like, oh, I'm going to go watch this right now, right this second, in this moment. And when it doesn't work because the internet is poor or we lose connection or something's gone down, we lose our minds. We're like, why is this not working? We do. And it's because we know that we want the world and we want it now. Just like Veruca Salt in, in Willy Wonka. But is that how it's supposed to be? I don't think so. I don't think this is what we should be focusing our time and our energy on. At Adventure Church, we have been going through this summer a series called Salt and Light. Where we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in, in the book of Matthew from chapters 5 through chapter 7. And it's the longest single recording of a sermon that Jesus taught. It's him sitting up on a mountain teaching people. And he, he's just pouring out truth after truth and thought after thought. And we've been going through that and learning so many things. Today, we're going to jump back into that message. We're going to jump back into that Sermon on the Mount to learn more about being salt and being light in this world. Uh, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, if you don't have a Bible today, we have some over at the Connection Hub on that vertical shelf. You can grab one of those. And if you don't have a good readable version of the Bible at home, take that home with you. We, we want you to be able to read the Bible, to dig in, to understand what God is saying to you. Uh, you can also look it up on the Bible app or some other Bible app on your phone, uh, but it'll also be up on the screen. Uh, last week, hold on, Cal, my fault. I got, I, I got ahead of you. You're fine. You'll be all right. My son is running uh, Pro Presenter today, and I'm very excited, by the way. Uh, if I give, give a hand for Cal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's doing a good job. Uh, last week, uh, Chris, who is, uh, was up here leading uh, worship with the guitar earlier, uh, he's our, our normal pastor, he's our normal speaker, uh, he was leading us through a talk on spiritual disciplines, on prayer and on fasting and giving, physical things that you can do, uh, ideas that you can take and you can go and say, I'm going to do this activity, I'm going to do this action. And he said that when we are doing that, we got to be careful and make sure who we're doing it for. That we're, we're doing it not for the people to see that we're doing it, but for God to know that we're, we're coming to approach him. We're coming to be a part of what he's got going on. Today, I want to talk about something that's a little bit less visible sometimes. Something that is more about what our focus is and more about what we're, we're focusing our thoughts and our minds and our ideas on than anything else. So, I want to jump in and see what Jesus is saying about our focus here. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19. Now you can do it. There you go. Perfect. Uh, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Jesus here is saying, if you want to know what you're focused on, if you want to know where your focus is, if you want to know where all of your energy is going, look at the things that you're collecting. Look at the things that you're bringing in. Look at the things that you're spending your effort and energy and time and money on. And it'll give you a pretty good idea what you're focusing on. Are you working really hard to live that American dream? So much so that you forget to have time to do anything else? To make that a priority and make that important? Are you more worried about your next raise or your next promotion than you are about whether your family is doing well with you and with themselves and growing and learning? All right, let's do a little thought experiment. Everyone first, clear your minds. Perfect. Now, I want you to think for a second. Figure out in your mind what item in your house is the most valuable? And by that, I mean, what item can you take to a pawn shop and say, give me cash for this and that you'll have enough cash to go on vacation, to go and buy fireworks, to go out to dinner, whatever it is, the most valuable monetary item in your house. You got it? Because if you have that item that you have worked the hardest for, item that you have strived to spend the most money on, the most effort on, the most time to obtain, get that in your head. For me, it's probably my Lego collection. I'm going to be honest. That is, that is, that is, that is it. Um, there's a lot of, of those individual pieces of Lego uh, in every room of my house, including the Lego room. That's right. It, I call it the office my wife calls it the Lego room. And that's okay. That's fine. I'm going to go with it. And it's Lego. It's all over the place. I love it. Uh, it's, it's something my family does together. It's something we do as a team. We go in there. We build. We grow. We learn. We're doing math. We're doing uh, architecture. We're doing art. All the things that you want to do with Lego. But I've spent a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy looking for deals. Driving to Raleigh to use the pick-a-brick wall, you know, doing those things that, you know, I went to Charlotte a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, and on the way to Charlotte, I stopped in Raleigh at the Lego store as soon as I got to Charlotte. And you know where I went? The Lego store. Like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, this is, that's the focus that I've got. So keep that in mind. I want you to hold on to that, whatever that item was for you. Because Jesus is about to make a point about our priorities. He's going to tell us that when we're focused in the right way, that we're focused on the right things. Good things are going to come of it. And this wasn't just something he taught in the Sermon on the Mount. He taught about this in several different places in the Scripture. One time, he did it in several uh, passages right back to back, uh, different parables. Quick, you know, one-sentence parables. Let me hit you with a story. Let me hit you with a story. And this is what he said. This is Matthew chapter 13, starting verse 44. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought the field. Again, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Jesus says, when you're looking for, for treasure, when you're looking for that thing, when you're looking for that excitement, that, that peace, that, that the thing you're focused on, the thing you're going after, your Blackstone griddle, 
You're going to do what you've got to do to get it. You're going to make it a priority in your life. You're going to do whatever it takes. These guys sold everything to go and get this. That's the kind of treasure we need to be searching for. The kind of treasure we need to be building up for ourselves in heaven. But how do we do that? How do we build that treasure? How do we start living out that life that is salt and light so we can build up treasure in heaven? <coughs> Excuse me. We do it by focusing. By focusing on things in this life that have eternal significance. By investing our time and our energy and, yes, even, even our money in the kingdom of God instead of in our own vain pursuits. Parents, as you take time to teach your kids how to build Lego or how to throw a ball or how to root for the correct sports team, also teach them about the love of Jesus. Teach them about the things that will not just get them through this life, but that will help them to have a great time in the next Take time to get into the word, to get in and see what God wants to, to reveal to you, to tell you. Find a place that you can, you can volunteer, that you can sacrifice some of your time, some of your space to say, you know what? I want to do this for someone else. Find someone that you can tell about how Jesus is changing your life. And if you're sitting there going, but Patrick, Jesus isn't changing my life, then that's a whole different conversation that I'd be glad to have with you. Because if he's not, then we need to be figuring out how to get in and do those things that Chris was talking about last week. Go check it out on the podcast. How to get there and say, this: if I'm open to this, if I'm doing this and God can come in, God can change me and show, fill me up and pour out from me those treasures this is how we do it. This is how we store up treasures in heaven. And this is what Jesus is. He talks of this. He teaches this. And then he jumps to this other piece. Check out this next, this very next verse from that very Matthew passage. So he's talking about treasures. He's talking about storing them up in heaven. And then he says this. Verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What? Hold on. Treasure, treasure, spiritual disciplines, approach others, approach God. Tre I, I don't know where this came from. Like, as I looked at this passage, I looked at it and I said, how does that make sense? What is Jesus doing? Did he, did he change the subject? Did he, was there a pause that we missed? Like, did he have a water break and come back and be like, all right, by the way, did, did he lose focus for a second? And I'm going to admit to you guys right now, I was confused and baffled when I read this passage in context. I was reading through and I'm like, what's going on? And I know that I'm not the only one that has that happen. Uh, that I'm going through and I find a bit of difficult scripture. I find a bit that I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so here's what I did. And this is what I recommend for you to do. Is I went and I found some commentaries. 
which is really just a fancy word for a book where someone went through and goes verse by verse through the Bible and says, this is what I think this means. Or this is what I believe other scholars say this means. Or this is what other scholars are saying, but I don't agree with them. I actually think it's just whatever. And that's why you want to read a couple of them. And you go in and you look at commentaries and you, you dig into them and you say, all right, what is going on here? Why is this happening? Is this a Jewish thing, an Eastern thing that I didn't know about that everybody else would have gone, oh yeah, I got the connection immediately. Is this something that has just lost translation over the last couple thousand years? What's going on? And as you're going through and you're digging in, you may find, like I did, that when I went to do a study on this verse, that a couple of the commentaries, the first thing they said was, at first glance, this passage seems completely out of place. Yes. I knew that it wasn't just me, right? I, I knew it couldn't be just me. Like, I've been to Bible college. I, I know what's going on in the Bible. But no. So here's, here's what I want you to do. When you come across a, bit, a difficult bit of scripture, when you get there, don't give up. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't think I'm not smart. Don't think I can't do this. Don't think I'm not spiritually connected enough to God and to the word and to what's going on. Instead, ask questions. When you hit a difficult bit of scripture, go to the commentaries. Go Google it. I mean, like there's people that have written blogs about probably every verse of scripture at this point. You can go find it without even having to go to a book and you can get it. Go find someone that you trust as a Christian and as a, a, a scholar of the Bible. Ask them. I promise they will not ridicule you. They won't look at you and laugh uh, unless you ask it in a silly way, wearing a silly hat. Then they might. But if you just ask them directly, they will probably be humbled that you consider them worthy enough to ask that question to. And if they don't know the answer, you know what they're going to do? They're going to ask questions. They're going to go and find someone that, that has written something about it or find someone that they trust about it, but they're going to dig in. So when you find those difficult bits of scripture, don't give up. Don't feel lesser. Dig in. Find what God is trying to say there. Uh, but they said it seems out of context, this thing about the eye. But they said, look at it together. So let's read that whole passage from Matthew 6 now. It says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin uh, do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. Your, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Can you see now what I missed the first time? Because I broke it up, because I, I took it apart. Can you see what, what Jesus did? He's saying, what, what are you looking at? What are you focused on? What is filling your vision? What is your whole self focused on? Where are your priorities? It says the riches of this world are dead and dark. But the riches of heaven will fill you with light. One commentator put it this way. He says, just as blindness makes a person's entire life one of darkness, so distraction by earthly riches blinds a person to God 
and leads to total darkness. See, if you're focused on the world, you might lose sight of what God is trying to do in your life, of the leading that he's trying to give you. Because the world is full of darkness, all you got to do is turn on the news at any point in time, on any given day, in any country in the world, and you can see darkness. It's there, and we don't even have to go that far. Open up your phone and, and wait for an ad to pop up. Darkness surrounds us. But if we turn our eyes to Jesus, if we have healthy eyes that are looking at him, then what we're going to be filled with instead of darkness is light. He will fill us up. He will pour into us. He will let that light course through us so that it can spill out of us. And as we do that, that is how we build up the treasures of faith and hope and love that will last for all eternity. Later on in the book of Matthew in chapter 16, Jesus asked a question. He's talking to his disciples and he says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I want to tell you right now this morning that this is the choice. This is the choice, capital T, capital H, capital E, the choice that you have to make each and every day. Are you going to choose the world that's going to burn away, that's going to rot and turn into ash? Or are you going to choose eternity in heaven with the creator of the universe? Are you going to choose treasures that are going to be lost and destroyed and taken and stolen? Or are you going to choose treasures that can't ever be taken from you that will last forever? And you got to choose. This isn't a choice that you can straddle the line on. This isn't a fence-sitting thing. This isn't the choice between going to lunch at Chick-fil-A or cookout. Both are good. It's fine. Whatever. You'll be okay. This isn't the choice between playing a board game or a video game. Both are good. You're fine. You'll end up, you'll be fine. You'll be okay. This isn't the choice between chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream, which are actually both wrong. You want to go to Brewster's and get key lime pie ice cream? It's got like this ribbon of... Uh, Graham crackers, this buttery, oh, so good. That's, but that's not the point. That's not the point. Um, but this is a choice. It's got to be made. Every single day, you got to make this choice. Multiple times a day, you got to make this choice. It's not a, a one-time thing. You have to choose the world or eternity. The world or eternity. You can't have both. Next verse in Matthew 6, the next thing that Jesus says in his sermon, he says, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, or God and wealth. You got to choose because you can't have it both ways. We have to make that choice every day. And that choice is going to determine how we perceive the world. It's going to determine how the world perceives us. So how do we focus? How do we do that? 
Paul, one of the great teachers in his letter to the Philippians, he, he gives us a way to focus. He gives us a list of things that we should focus on. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He says, focus on the right stuff. Focus on the real treasures. Focus on the things that are important. And everything else will work out. It might be hard. I'm not promising things are going to be easy. But focus. Earlier, I asked you to bring into your mind the thing that was most valuable in your house. The, the thing that you could take and get the most money for if you sold it on Facebook, if you took it to the pawn shop. Now I want you to imagine a different scenario. This isn't about going on vacation. This is your house is burning down and you've got time to run in and grab one thing. What are you going to grab? It's probably not that thing you were thinking of, is it? Uh, for me... It would be hard to grab all my Lego. Um, but I know that's replaceable. But I got this. This is probably what I would grab. It's just a pocket knife. Not even a great pocket knife. It's, it's a, a Ranger pocket knife. It's a Canadian-made Kmart special pocket knife. Uh, I Googled it. Uh, you can buy one right now for $17 on eBay. Canadian dollars, so like eight bucks. Uh, but this thing is special to me because when I was a little boy, my dad bought this one Father's Day for his dad. And Granddad Harrison carried this thing for years. And when I was about 10, Granddad Harrison died, and my dad. Snagged this off of his nightstand, put it in his pocket, and he carried it until he died, where I snagged it off of his nightstand, stuck it in my pocket. I don't even know if my brothers and sister know that I have this or, or what's going on, like, but this can't be replaced because it's got story, because it's got history, because there's an emotional tie to it. There's no monetary value. Nobody's going to steal this from me. But even this, as much as I hope that one day one of my kids sneaks it away from their siblings into their pocket after I'm not here anymore, not, not before then, I want to carry it until then, and that one of their kids does the same, and then it goes on, one day, this knife is going to rust away. No matter how well we take care of it, no matter how good we are with it, one day, it's going to get lost, it's going to get stolen, it's going to get uh, destroyed, it's going to get taken in some way. So as awesome as it is, as cool as it is, as much as I love it, it doesn't really mean anything. not the treasure that I want to be focused on. And the same thing is true for whatever treasure it is that you are going to bring out of your house.
It's not going to last. So what do we do then? We focus ourselves on the supreme, eternal, everlasting, never dying, never forsaking, never giving up treasure that is life in Jesus Christ. That is the treasure worth seeking. That is the choice worth making. And if you're here today and you are a Christian and you are all in on Jesus, then the choice is to live out loud. The choice is to to go out and make sure that your light is shining, to make sure that you're doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing, all the things that will show that the choice that you're making is him every single day. But if you're here today and that's not where you are yet and you're still trying to figure it out, you're still trying to say, man, is is Jesus what it's about? Is that where I want to be? Do I really believe that that's the treasure? Then what I'm going to ask you to do is just come back again next week. Let Jesus work on you. Come back next week. Hear something more about who he is, about how much he loves you and wants to give you so great a treasure. Pray with me.